0: Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF Public Media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sussingham and I host Florida Matters along with Carson Cooper. I'm here in the studio with Florida Matters producer Stephanie Colombini. Hi Stephanie. Hi. And also joining us today is Delina Miller, a reporter for WUSF News. Hi Robin. Hi Dalina. Um, you can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always stream it on WUSF.org. Well, this week's show took a look at live music in the Tampa Bay area, which turns out to be pretty vibrant and diverse. And Stephanie, you you came to us from WFUV in New York, which is a music station. So you've really got a pretty good background in music. Plus, it's like sort of a personal passion. of that's yours. That's my life. That's all I, I eat, sleep and breathe music. Um, yeah. So
1: WFUV is an NPR member station, but it's primarily music, rock and roll. So I, you know, that's where I got my start in journalism as a student journalist. And so I just came up the ranks surrounded by great music in a city where you could always you know find a show going on any day of the week. So when I moved here to Florida, I was looking for that. Immediately when I got to Tampa, it was like, where are the concert venues? What's going on? How can I see music? And it's been great. I've really been surprised. Really? Yeah, like I, you know, at least once a week I feel like I'm going to see a great show.
0: What do you what do you like to see? What's what's big around here? <laughs> I I'm, I'm a fan of rock and roll. So I am
1: usually going to places like Janice Live, which was mentioned on our Florida Matters Art Popularize show or um, in Tampa, there's the Ritz, Ebor, there's uh, the Mid Florida Credit Union Amphitheater for kind of the bigger acts go there during the, um, when you want to go see an outdoor show. So I'm always kind of looking for. You don't for have those. to go too far. No, you really don't. And I, if you're not a fan of rock and roll, I mean, I've gone to amazing performances at the Straz for more of an orchestra type of performance. So how, you, go, you
0: go a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, do, <laughs> where is my it expensive? Paycheck is? Or,
1: really? Yeah. I mean, it depends what you're trying to see. You You could see a show for fifteen dollars. Or you could see, you know, 100 plus. If you want to see Lady Gaga at the Amelie Arena, you're mm-hmm. going to spend big money.
0: <laughs> so you uh, you went to the hangar for your story. You went to the hangar, which is at a an airport, so an airport restaurant, yeah. to listen to jazz. So I'm curious what the ambiance was like there. You know, what? I didn't know what to expect.
1: Um, you know, I, I had a stage in mind. I, and I was kind of surprised, but happily surprised. I mean, it's really like just a restaurant, you know, you're was sitting a was no it's more of like people playing in the corner. Mm-hmm. So all the tables, you know, people are kind of turned in their seats to see the the musicians in the corner. But it's really laid back, low frills. But that kind of made it more special because everyone, you know, the diners kind of got involved. People are chatting with the the band members up on
0: stage. The that yeah, it's a yeah. what you did a story on was this uh, kind of a jazz open mic night. Right, anybody. The Monday play, Night Jazz put Band. Their, put anybody. their name on a list. Exactly. And
1: they got a list up. So, I mean, obviously you'd want to have some musical experience, but people that are, you know, 19 years old were there playing with guys that are 80 years old who have been doing it for decades. So you met John Lamb. which met is John Lamb. He is this sort of legend in jazz circles. Right. He played with Duke Ellington's band in the 60s. He's this great bassist. And, yeah, I I even kind of felt like that starstruck, like, do I go up and ask him for an interview? But I'm a reporter, so I had to get him. And he was so nice. And, you know, he was like family with half the people in the room. They all just, you know, it was John Lamb, their friend, not this, you know, out there musician. And there
0: were some, like, teenagers playing,
1: right? Like young
0: guys. Yeah. And
1: that's when I spoke with kind of the organizers of the jam, they say, One of the best things about it is that it's a teaching experience where a 19-year-old can show up and he might bomb, but there's going to be older musicians there to give him some pointers and help kind of keep jazz going with the younger generation. And I definitely saw that there. And when I talked to the young guy, he, you know, told me his nightmare story of when he first got up there and, you know, played every wrong note because it's all (laughs) improvisation. Somebody said
0: to him, well, that didn't go go so
1: well. (laughs) You know, you're trying to work with three other musicians and keep up with their solos so I guess he didn't the first time but that night after he got his tips and you know kept coming back and coming back he was great was he it wouldn't... really
0: crowded or yeah like hard to find a hard seat?
1: hard to find a seat I was yeah we had like the one free table left is where I ended up sitting to kind of is there a cover charge shop. no no cover charge I mean I think they expect you to buy a glass of wine or something but that's like
0: six bucks so
1: you can definitely get some great music for not a lot of money
0: I, i'm I'm so gratified to hear you that you moved down here from New York and felt like you kind of didn't miss a beat as far as the music. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say is,
1: Tam- and people talk about it, that the Tampa area has like, it's like the weekday curse or, so, you know, like band, big name artists and stuff. Typically, we're like the Tuesday stop. Like maybe they're in Miami on a Friday or a Saturday or Atlanta. Uh-huh. So we're like the halfway, which can be tough if you've got a job or school the next morning,
0: but I make it work. That's, you know, <laughs> in Lakeland, we we would sometimes get classical big classical music names to come to Florida Southern College or different places but yes it's the we we kind of try to grab them in between right. venues on an off night or something a little extra money for them. So Daylena Miller you um tell me about you you went to a death metal uh concert like so is this a long time you've been following death metal for a while is this like Something that you that you follow and you like?
2: Yeah, I've been a I've been a heavy metal fan for a long time, and death metal is just one of the many subgenres of heavy metal. Uh when I went to school here at the University of South Florida, I was in the heavy metal enthusiasts club. Really? I was, uh which I believe is still going on. And uh, you know, and I swapped CDs, you know, with friends in high school. I didn't get to go to a lot of live performances and things in high school. One, money was a factor. I mm-hmm. grew up with a lot of siblings in a low income family. Right. Um um, and but the places where you can go for ten fifteen dollars are sort of these gritty little hole in the wall dive bars in Ebor City, which are fantastic for the environment fa- you know factor and you know and really this, seeing people in this tight met community. But a lot of these places don't allow people that are under eighteen or under twenty one on certain nights. So if you're like a middle school or a high school student into heavy metal, it's a little bit tougher to get access to the live music. But what,
0: what's the safety factor like at those? dive bars anymore city. You never you feel okay, you feel I've
2: never felt uncomfortable. I've That's been good. I've been in mosh pits where I've gotten pulled in and, and, and just about to get trampled and then some big burly dude comes up behind me, grabs me by the back of the shirt, yanks me up before I hit the floor and then apologizes for touching me without my without my permission. Aww. So these guys are really friendly, really cool. I mean they're covered in black leather and studs and piercings and they have long sweaty hair and you know, there's sort of a lot of these stereotypes about heavy metal fans and death metal fans. And I would say probably a lot of people sort of play into that with the way that they dress. But they're some of the nicest people I've ever met.
0: That's a that's amazing. So you've been at you've been at it since high school obviously. Since you, high school. Do you play an instrument?
2: I, I used to play violin, but it's been a long time. I'd like to get back into it. Uh, I was never musically talented in sort of a natural way like some of my siblings, and so it was always a struggle for me, and I found that when I had to work That hard at playing an instrument, um, it wasn't as much fun to listen for me because because I was sort of venting my frustration. So I sort of backed off the playing and Mm -hmm. just stuck with the listening.
0: So what is the attraction to death metal? Because I got to say, you know, not everybody is not everything is everybody's cup of tea, you know. And I I listen to death metal and I don't not I can't really get it, but I haven't listened to enough probably. There's a lot of different factors. It sort of
2: subverts societal expectations. You know, it's not this pretty music with this beautiful flowing rhythm. It's, you know, it's really hostile sounding. It's really frantic. It gets your blood pressure up. Um, A lot of the lyrics sort of evoke, you know, death and religious blasphemy and anarchy and, you know, sort of this anti authoritarianism. And, you know, and it's sort of a reflection of how people are feeling, you know, about the world that they're living in. Mm -hmm. And while death metal got its start in the 1980s and things have changed quite a bit between then and now, there, there are always frustrations with our political leader leaders, with what's uh, going on in local governments, uh, with what we're seeing on TV, you know, uh, the media broadcast 24-7. You know, we have smartphones in our pockets that, you know, do push notifications. Like, it's really hard to get away from all of that. And just
0: uh, what's going on in people's personal lives. Personal you always lives. things, right?
2: Absolutely. And this is sort of a safe space for to go and scream and rant and, you know, mosh with people and throw up the oh, It's horns. cathartic? It is. It's very cathartic for people. And, you know, you come out of it feeling like tired and sweaty and like you just went through like a really intense yoga session.
0: Happy. <laughs> you do. Well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, the one that you covered for the, for Florida Matters, it wasn't your first, uh, Show. No, I mean you've been you've been definitely going not time. my So first. you know what you know to go to. And I was surprised when you said that um, that Tampa was the death metal capital of the world. I I hadn't heard that before.
2: Yeah, who knew? I mean, probably some of the death metal uh, concerts and festivals in European countries are a lot bigger Mm -hmm. because you can get people from multiple countries that drive a lot less distance to go to another country than say someone coming to Tampa from like California. It's a much larger distance to traverse. Um, You know, and and the Europeans are really into their metal right now. Um, But death metal got its start here in Tampa. It sort of fell out of popularity just a little bit in the late 90s and the early 2000s you know there's sort of a cycle to all types of music right Uh, some of it's just sort of natural interest other things come out of the woodworks people get interested in people really into grunge and and those sorts of things it's
0: getting more popular it is that that's what
2: they're telling me um you see more and more of these concerts popping up in Eborgan in the same venues where they were originally i talked to don tardy of obituary and these guys are like the Beatles of death metal like huh. they were one of the ones that helped get death metal started um, they still tore uh, they had sort of a, a space in between recording their first few albums and now where they took a break I mean but these guys you know were growing up they were coming in their own getting married having kids you know ha- you know building their own families and sort of you know these more nine to five jobs and then some of them have sort of come back into uh, into their music and their passion again as they've gotten older and they sort of want to reminisce about you know their glory days but they're it's not just them regurgitating old music on stage like they're they're coming out with new albums you know these albums are accessible to a lot more people because then it was like you know they're they were popular because they sold a hundred thousand albums you know in their heyday you know it was a new niche music but there wasn't as much access for people you had to get you had to hear it on the radio death metal wasn't playing on the radio you know you had to get uh, you know vinyl from somebody well now you can go into the itunes store and download Every album of obituaries put out. yeah. So, you know, kids like me, like, you know, that, you know, maybe I was having to wait for my parents to be interested in something, you know, or I was having to wait for a friend to sneak me an album at school or, you know, a CD when I was in high school. Now you can just go on iTunes and you can sort of explore. It's a lot more accessible. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I think I, some of my favorite bands are from the 80s or this, and it's like, why would I know that when I grew up in the night, Like, Without technology, I think people who grew up in earlier generations, like she said, had to wait for their parents or had to have that special record. But we have access to like a century's worth of music. So your favorite band could be, you know, completely broken up by the time you were born, but you're able to discover them. And I see metal all over the place. When I'm looking for something to do around here, I, you know, I look for concerts at Crowbar in Ybor City or Orpheum half of the lineup is like metal bands. So it's all over the place.
2: And even if you don't know the band name, like you see people you lining up yeah. down the street and you can, you look at them, and you, oh, there's a heavy metal concert going on. <laughs> there's a certain look, huh? There <laughs> is. There's a certain look.
0: Well, what do you think, is, is the Tampa Bay area known for any particular kind of music? I know you said there's, you know, metal is definitely one, but what about kind of a country rock. I used to think of Florida, you know, as sort of the birth of Le- the Leonard Skinnerd type of bands, the country rock, sort of folksy rock kind of band. But I don't know if that's completely gone or... I mean, I still
1: see some country concerts when I'm looking at, you know, upcoming lineups around Tampa and St. Pete. But not as much as I expected. I had some Florida stereotypes in my mind when I moved mm-hmm. down here and was really surprised at how little of that there is. I mean, you know, Brad Paisley, you know, country, he was playing a few months ago. Like, you'll see names like that, but it's not. I mean, I, I really do think the metal and hard rock and emo, which was kind of like the early 2000s um, groups, those concerts, when bands like that who were doing kind of 10th anniversary tours this year coming through the area, they They sold out like I would I was interested in going because I listened to them in high school Bands like Taking Back Sunday or Dashboard Confessional. And I was like, I can just show up at the door and get a ticket. Sold out.
0: That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSF.org. And come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.